Alright, Yavamos, the very bottom of Pei Aleph Amabez 81b, heading towards the top of Pei Bez Amad Aleph 82a. Just a quick review from what we've covered. Uh, we, we are currently discussing what happens in a scenario where certain items, they fall into other items, and they have halachic differences between them. Uh, so, besides for just the classical case of, let's say, kosher food falling into, or non-kosher food falling into kosher food, are you allowed to eat it? Are you not allowed to eat it? So then we also have other cases as well. Um, and just the last case that we were discussing was really a few different case, similar cases of where you have a piece of meat that is part of a korban, part of a sacrifice, part of a chatas korban, part of the sacrifice that's given as a sin offering. And what happens if it is impure and it falls into a mixture of of those that are pure. If it's impure, you're not allowed to bring it as a sacrifice. But if it's pure, then you're allowed to. Or let's say what happens if it falls into um, a, a pile of meat, which is not even for a korban, for a sacrifice. It's just regular meat. So then does it have the status of regular meat? Does it not have the status of regular meat? That is something which we will review, but those are the different cases that we discussed. And in general, the, the approach is that um, we follow the majority. In general, at least when it comes to yavish be yavish, when it's all dry food, it's not cooked together. Um, it's not about uh, the taste uh, being absorbed by the other food. Then, then, in, then in general, we say we go based on the majority. However, the exception to the rule, according to most on a rabbinic level, is that if it's something which is chashav, something which is viewed as important, something which is viewed as uh, something which is so important that it's not even. It can't be viewed as part of the broader mixture. It's really independent from the mixture because of its chashivas, because of how important it is. So then we'll say that at least on a rabbinic level, it does not become nullified and absorbed within the majority. And so there is a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. What about a case where the reason that we know that it is chashiv, that it is important, is because... Um, when it's sold, it's sold independently. It's not sold based on volume um, or based on weight. It's really based on it as an entity, as an individual entity. It's based on a unit, on the numbers, and that would give it importance. Now, Rabbi Yochanan says this only applies if every single time that it's sold, it's sold based on per unit. Rish Lakish argues, and he says that no, as long as sometimes it's sold per unit, so then that shows that it is of higher significance than other items, and it will not be kambata, will not become nullified amongst the from and included into the majority. That is the machlokas between Rebilch and Rishakis, which we are currently uh, discussing. Um, another example, which we will probably get to, uh, is something that's referred to as If you have something which is normally given as uh, something which would be given to a guest at a meal. So that also shows that it has a higher level of significance. And that also will not, even though in general we'll say we go based on the majority, if this item, which is generally given to a guest, falls into something else, we will not say that it takes on the halachic status of the majority because since it's something which is has a higher level of chashivas, higher level of significance because it is given to a guest, that's a chatzicha, really chabid, and so therefore it's independent, it's viewed as separate from the mixture, it will not become, uh, it will not have the halakhic status of the majority. That's another example. 
So, what we discussed last time was that we ended off with a question. Rabbi Yochanan has a question on Rish Lakish from, from the case that we just described. Essentially, we have two cases. The first case is where you have a piece of meat, which is part of a sin offering, but it's impure. It's impure and cannot be brought in, as, a, as a sacrifice. And it falls into a pile of uh, meat, which could be brought as, as part of the sacrifice. It is pure and could be brought as part of the sacrifice. Or alternatively, we're discussing the showbread, the lacham upon him. Either way, we say that it is in fact batal, that we say that we do follow the majority in that case. Rabbi Huda happens not to. We'll see the reason for Rabbi Huda a little bit later in the Gemara. But the first opinion says that it is. So Rabbi Yochanan says, I understand according to me, the reason for this is because when you have these pieces of meat, sometimes they're sold as a unit, sometimes not. Sometimes it's based on the weight. Um, but according to you, Rish Lakish, why does it become, why does it follow the halakhic status of the majority? According to you, as long as sometimes it's sold per unit, so then uh, it shouldn't become batal. It should not become, uh, have the status of the, of the majority. And we should be concerned about this one piece of meat that's in there that's impure. That is not pure and that can't be brought as a sacrifice. That was the question on, uh, on Rish Lakish. So what is Rish Lakish going to do with this? So Gemara answers, so Rish Lakish responds back by saying that, you know what? The entire case here is a case of Nimuach. The entire case here is a case where um, it is not intact. It is not intact, but it, it's dissolved, it's broken up. And so therefore, it certainly never doesn't have that level of chashivus, that level of uh, important because it was broken up. It's no longer in its whole, whole form. Uh, it's broken up and it dissolved. So he asks, my time What was the logic for Behuda to say that it is not? It is not batel. It's not. We don't follow majority in this case. Why did he say? Why did Behuda say that we uh, we say that it, it is not? Doesn't follow the halakhic status of the majority in that case, especially since it's 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 broken up and it it dissolved. Um, what's his logic to say that it does that it doesn't become nullified and included in the majority? So this is, happens to be Rabbi Huda's opinion. Uh, elsewhere, which we find elsewhere, Rabbi Huda Latame Rabbi Huda holds uh, a general principle that whenever you this is a clash, we're discussing a clash here where you have the majority and the minority. We say we follow the majority. Rabbi Huda, however, says that if it's the same item, if it's the same pieces of meat, that physically, not halakhically, but physically, these are the same, what you would call it, the same category, what you would view as the same category. These are pieces of meat, would be hooters of the opinion, that we don't view that even as a clash. It's not even viewed as a clash. Min bimino lo that if it's, we're dealing with the same pieces of meat, the only time that we have a clash is when you have one item versus another item, and there's, there are different categories of items. There are differences between them, so then you could say that one overrides the other. But in a case where uh, where it's the same exact thing, so then we can't say one overrides the other, even if there are halakhic differences between them. But since physically they're the same thing, so therefore we cannot say that there's a clash. A very interesting position of Rabbi Huda, who says that in general, this is his position throughout, that in general, uh, if it's the same item, again, not halakhically, but physically it's the same item, so then we will say that it does not enter into a clash because we cannot say that one overrides the other. We can only say that if they're different entities and therefore the, the differences between them uh, override the minority. 
Uh, but that wouldn't apply in a case where there is no clash because it's the same item. And this is a case of the same item because these are pieces of meat that are impure, which fall into pieces of meat which are pure. But in the end of the day, these are pieces of meat. So physically, they're the same thing. Rabbi Huda says it does not become batal. It does not become subsumed with the majority because there is no clash um, and it retains its own identity. Okay. That is the position of Rabbi Huda. The Gemara now says, Avaloni Muach, going back to Reish Lakish, essentially he has a distinction and he says that if it uh, got dissolved, so then he agrees that it's not no longer of significance, it was broken up, and so therefore it does become Batal, it does in fact become Batal, it becomes, goes based on the majority, the halakhic status does go based on the majority, but the implication is that if it remained whole, so then we would say that it does not, according to Rish Lakish, it does not become batal, does not take on the status of the majority in a case where it, be, where it remained whole. So then the Gemara asks if that's the case. So then in that brisa, going back to that brisa, that original brisa, which has this case of the chatas, of the sin offering, which was impure, which falls into, um, which falls into uh, the other pieces of meat, which are part of a sin offering, which were pure, the Bryce itself compares and contrasts that to a case where if you have a piece of uh, of meat which is designated for a sin offering, which falls into regular pieces of meat, just regular what we refer to as chulin, just regular pieces of meat that anybody could go ahead and eat that have nothing to do with the sacrifice. Sigmar asks, why do we compare to that? Why are we comparing it to some random, uh, not random, but a di- totally different case where you have, let's say, everything's even pure. Everything is pure. And you have uh, pieces of a sin offering that fall into a majority of where it's just regular food, regular kosher food. We say that it takes on the status of the majority. Uh, why do we compare it to that case? According to Rish Lakish, we just, very simple, just compare two different cases. One is where the piece of meat became dissolved and broken up. And once it was broken up, so therefore it no longer has that status of significance, of chashivas, and therefore it could become batal, it becomes subsumed under the majority, follows the majority, as opposed to the second case should have been a case where it's intact. It's completely intact. It's uh, a whole, and therefore it does retain its status of being significant, and therefore it does not become nullified, and does not become a part of the majority. Why didn't he give that comparison? It's a, it's a more similar case. So my answer is no. Tahoros pitahoros adifle. It's for some outside logical reason. Essentially, we wanted to give a case where it falls. We have a case here. The, the second case is a case where we have everything's pure. Nothing's impure. Everything's pure. But uh, we have the sin offering, which falls. It's pure sin offering, which could be brought as a sin offering. But it falls into the majority. It falls into a whole big piece, uh, a whole big mixture of um, just chulin, meat that has nothing to do with the sacrifice. And the point of this part is really to add to us a separate point. It's really to teach us that you might have thought that since everything is pure in this case, uh, you might have thought that it should not become batel. It should be, not become nullified. Um, based on uh, out, other cases where if everything is pure, uh, so then we should say it's not nullified. Uh, but in here, in this case, we'll say that no, in fact, it is, it is nullified. It does become go based on the majority, and the minority is in fact nullified to the uh, majority.
Um, but that that's the reason why we don't give that case. But the, the truth is, in the end of the day, at this stage of the Gemara, um, according to Reish Lakish, there is a big distinction whether it remains whole or whether it's broken up. If it's whole, so then it's viewed as important, and it will not become batal, will not become uh, go based on the majority, it will not take on the status of the majority. But if it once it's uh, falling apart and it's broken down and it dissolves, so then we will say it takes on the status of the majority. It's no longer viewed as important. The Gemara now asks. The big question is, According to Reish Lakish, what is the difference? I mean, we just discussed two different cases with two different halachos. What is the difference between the first and the second case? Case number one is a case where you have a sin off piece of meat from the sin offering, which is impure. Not pure, you cannot bring it as a sacrifice. It falls into other pieces of meat that were designated for the sin offering, which are pure. And we say that in that case, uh, in that case, it is batil. In that case, it is nullified. But in the second case, sorry, I, 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 when I first, uh, when I said it a few minutes ago, I said it in the opposite way. That was incorrect the way I said it before. In the second case, again, the second case is a case where everything is pure. You have pure piece of meat that is supposed to be, that's designated for a sin offering. It falls into just regular kosher meat that's not designated for as a sacrifice. So in that case, we'll say that it is not uh, nullified. Earlier I said that it was nullified. That's really not nullified. Um, and we give specifically, just to explain it from what we said earlier, we give specifically a case of tahoris but tahoris, a case where everything is pure because that's more of a reason. Sorry, that was really more of a reason to say why it should be nullified. And in fact, in the end, it's not nullified. In essence, the Gemara is now asking, what is the difference between these two cases? In one case, we say that it's nullified. In another case, meaning nullified in the sense that it takes on the, the halakhic status of the majority. It no longer has its own entity uh, and uh, viewed as its own entity with its own name. Uh, as opposed to in the second case where we say that, no, it is not nullified. It does retain its own uh, name um, and it is viewed as, as separate. Uh, what's the difference between the two cases? Again, the first case is a case where it's an impure piece of meat which falls into a pure uh, piece, a mixture full of uh, pieces of meat that are designated for the base of Megdash for the as a sacrifice, and that we say is it does take on it does take on the status of the majority, as opposed to the second case. And the second case is a case where everything's pure, and you have a piece of meat that's designated for sin offering which falls into just regular pieces of meat, and in that case we say that it does not become nullified, i.e. The, that piece, that minority piece, does retain its its uh, identity, halachic identity. What's the difference between these two cases? The Gemara will now give three answers. It will reject the, the, the last two. It will keep the first answer, but um, it will give three answers. And we're going to go through those three answers now. And with that, we'll conclude. Answer number one. What's the difference between the first and second case? Amr Shishib Reza Ravidi, Reza Thomas Mashkin, Durabanan, Seifa Bedaraiso. Very simple. The case where we say that it is, in fact, uh, the impure piece is, in fact, uh, nullified and takes on the status of the majority is because we're dealing with a, an impurity which is only on a rabbinic level. Only on a rabbinically is it impure. On a biblical level, it's pure. So therefore, we'll say, because it's only on a rabbinic level, we'll say that it takes on the status of the majority because in the end of the day, even on a, on a biblical level, it's already viewed as pure. So we'll say it takes on the status of the majority. However, the second case, the case where it falls into you have a pure piece of meat, which is designated for a sin offering, falls into just other pieces of meat that has 
ramifications on a biblical level because on a biblical level if it's a sin offering if it's meat for a sin offering you have to use it for the sin offering you cannot use it for anything else because it has ramifications on a, on a biblical level we'll say that it, it in fact does not um, become battle it does not become uh, does not become uh, nullified um, and uh, it, it doesn't become nullified Rashi explains that it's based on min bimino based on the principle of that we had earlier that because they're very similar pieces of meat so therefore it's all it's all the same category of meat like Rabbi Huda so therefore it does not become nullified uh, so the Gemara just asks uh, parenthetically a similar question that we had earlier um, according to this opinion so the implication is that if we had an impure piece of meat uh, which falls into a pure piece of meat but it's on a biblical level so for example let's say it became, it became impure through Anything which is on a biblical level, like a sheret, like a, um, a sheret, like a, a crawling creature, so then we would say that it does not become nullified. Uh, so then, why don't we have that as the second case? Low. Why don't we say that when we compare and contrast, we should compare and contrast it from the first case being on a rabbinic level to the second case being same impurity but on a biblical level why don't we say that so again this is all a parenthetical question and then it says Taurus but Taurus it gives the same answer that we had earlier we prefer to give a case where in the second case where everything is pure everything is pure once everything is pure it's more of a reason to say that it does in fact become nullified and yet the law is is that it is not nullified as we explained before because it is on a biblical level and we say min bimino Maybe in a little bottle that because it's uh, all the same category of meat, it does not become nullified. That is answer number one, and that's the answer that's kept in the end of the day. Suggestion number two, which is which will be rejected. Rabba Amar, Reisha Isra Lab, Sifa Isra Karis. Rabba says that the, the we're not dealing with the first level, the first case being rabbinic. It's biblical, but it's only a ordinary negative commandment. Uh, the second case, it's an ordinary negative commandment um, when the when the item itself is is impure. But the seifa, the second case, where we say it does not become nullified, it's more stringent. It has the prohibition of karis associated with it, of a of a of an early death, a more significant, more serious punishment. So in that case, we'll say that it doesn't become nullified. The reason why it gets karis, why it gets uh, an early death, is because the person himself is impure. There's a distinction whether the the item is impure, which is in case number one, the item is impure. That is a, is an ordinary negative commandment. When a person's impure um, and the item is pure, so then that gets karis. Um, and it's a more severe uh, prohibition. And so therefore it will not become nullified. We'll say that, you know what, it retains its own identity because it's more severe. So more, it rejects us and it says, Kasha, we reject this because, in the end of the day, they're both biblical prohibitions. And so if one is going to be nullified, the other one should also be nullified. If one is not going to be nullified, the other one should not be nullified. We can make a distinction between rabbinic and, and, and biblical, but these are all biblical prohibitions. And so therefore, if it becomes nullified, it becomes part of the majority, it should become part of the majority, even if it's a more severe type of a biblical prohibition. Still, this is what Rabbi says in general, that it should it should, it should should follow the same rules. All biblical Prohibitions should follow the same rules, at least with regards to this law about becoming nullified. So it's a rejection of this second 
approach. Now, the third approach, which we'll also reject, which is also very interesting, Rav Ashi Amar, Seifa Mishim, Tahavle, Dabr Sheshem Matir, and Vachol Dabr Sheshem Matir, and Afilu Be'elf Lobatel. Ashi says something fascinating. He says that the second case, what was the second case again? Let's just review the second case. The second case was a case where everything is pure. We have pieces of meat that are designated for a sin offering, which then fall into just regular pieces of meat that have nothing to do with just kosher pieces of meat, nothing to do with the, the temple and sacrifices. And so we say it does not become nullified in that case. So Ravashi explains why. Why? Because it's a principle, this is a broader principle, called Davar Sheshamatirin. Whenever we say that the prohibition, let's say the non-kosher falls into the kosher, and we follow the majority, or any other similar case where we follow the majority, it's not true if um, if there was, as even before we, we say it takes on the, the, the status of the majority, as as its own status, as its current own status, there's a way to eat it in a permissible way. If there's a way to eat it in a permissible way, so then we'll say, just eat in a permissible way. Don't view it as taking on the status of the majority. No. Even if it was its own entity, uh, eat it in a permissible way. What does that mean here? Here, you have a piece of a sin offering, and it's pure. It is pure. You could bring it as a sacrifice. So basically, Ravash is saying, don't say that we now view this as part of the majority and anybody can go ahead and eat it, because you could have the Kohen eat it. Even if it was, even if it retains its own, uh, and uh, viewed, viewed its own name as its own halachic identity, so, but still a Kohen could go ahead and eat it. So don't tell me we follow the majority here to say anybody could go ahead and eat it, because we have a way out. Let's have the Kohen eat it. But the Gemara rejects this. Vahadur Ravashi Bidusahi. He, he was wrong, or he never really said this. Why? Leman. Ravashi is rejected. Why? Because the whole principle of Dabr Sheshamatirin is saying that right now there's a prohibition where eventually it'll become permissible. But over here, it's it doesn't really follow those rules. Because this piece of meat was always allowed for the Kohen and will still be always allowed for the Kohen. Because it's a piece of meat that's part of the base of Mikdash for the Kohen. Uh, and if it's not allowed for any, for a non-Kohen, it will always be not allowed for the non-Kohen. And so this is not exactly comparable to Dover Shishan Latirin, to the principle of Dover Shishan Latirin, where it's not allowed now, but eventually it will be allowed to that same person. Here, to that same person, the Kohen, it's always allowed. To the non-Kohen, it's always not allowed. It never changes. And so therefore, it doesn't fall under the category of Dover Shishan Latirin. Uh, this concept of Dover Shishan Latirin, that essentially we will not say that uh, the, ident- the entity takes on the status of the majority in a case where it itself will become permissible on its own uh, is a big, big topic. This whole idea is a big, big topic, uh, which comes up in other tractates as well. Uh, so we don't have time to get into it right now, but hopefully as we go through the entire Talmud, we'll get to it at some point. Uh, but those are the three suggestions with regards to answering what, the, what is the difference between the first case and the second case of this Brysa. And so we'll continue with uh, the next part of this Gemara in the next recording.